This message is brought to you from Calon Church. We pray it encourages and inspires you. Good morning. It is so good to be with you again here at Calon Church. It's been 10 weeks today that we first did our online church. Can you believe it? I don't know about you in the lockdown period, but I have found that it's gone quite quickly. I thought it would drag, but to be honest, it's not been too bad. But how have you been coping? Has it been like days on end of just dragging, of doing nothing? Or have you kept yourself busy and it's gone fast? How's your time been? I want to talk to you this morning about time. You see, you plan your day, don't you? And you've got your to-do list and you've got all your jobs that you want to get on with and you're busily doing whatever throughout the day. And then when it comes at the end, you kind of look back and you think, where has today gone? What have I been doing? Because as you look down your list, you've only maybe hit and ticked off half of your list. Where has the time gone? There clearly wasn't enough time for one of my favourite characters from Alice in Wonderland. And you probably already know who I'm talking about. It was, of course, the white rabbit. Do you remember what he says? He kind of bursts into the beginning of the book or the film, whichever you'd rather. He kind of bursts in, doesn't he? And what does he say? I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And then he rushes off. Time is a strange one. My dad always used to say when we were little that the older he gets, that time went quicker and I always used to think that was a really stupid thing to say and that he was just a bit weird but you know the older I've got oh my gosh how true is it time is a strange one you see it's impossible to keep up with it you can't stop it you can't speed it up you can't slow it down you can't buy it you can't inherit it you can't earn it you can't save it you can't reverse it, you can't relive it. And regardless of intelligence, gender, status, or the size of your bank account, we all have the same amount of time per day. All of us are on the same playing field when it comes to time. When you're bored, time seems to stand still. When you're enjoying yourself, time seems to fly. Children want to kind of race through times and get older while us oldies want to kind of reverse it and get younger. To little ones, time and age means growth. To us, it does still mean growth, but growth in the wrong places. A middle-aged lady looked in the full-length mirror one day with disappointment. Her husband lay in bed as she cried out, Look at me! My face is wrinkled, my arms are flabby, my hips are wide, just look at me. Her husband lay in silence. Say something. Cheer me up. Give me something positive, she said to him. He paused for a while and then said, well, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. Time is a strange one. Let me give you some stats about time. On average, a human lives 79 years. That's 28,835 days. 33 years of that is spent in bed. Seven years trying to get to sleep. 26 years actually sleeping. 
on average we spend 13 years two months in work of which 57 weeks of those are spent putting things off procrastinating 39 weeks are spent on personal social media 13 weeks are spent on checking personal emails making personal phone calls shopping online nine weeks are spent chatting to colleagues and eight weeks making cups of tea and coffee so if you're an employer this morning maybe you need to check on your workforce out of your 79 years you will watch tv for an average of 11 years four months and you'll be on social media for eight years four months you eat for four years six months you will probably on average can you believe it be on a diet for 12 years of your life you're on holiday for three years one month you exercise for one year four months they clearly didn't include me in the stats when they looked at exercise it would be a lot lower you do romantic things for one year and 30 days of your life you socialize with friends on average for one year three months you are only in school for 334 weeks of your life i don't know about you but when i was in school i seemed to be there for a lifetime but it's only 334 weeks of your life up to the age of 16 that is you queue on average for 235 weeks you laugh for 115 days and it takes women on average 136 days in their whole lifetime to get ready but it takes men just 46 now who's surprised about that all that leaves eight years and 8.2 years to do everything else like commuting cleaning making families etc so we haven't got much time when you've got your 24 hours and you put all your commitments into those slots you haven't got a much time time is valuable time is precious time is our friend but it can also be our enemy i believe that time can become something that can rob us of our full and purposeful life that god intends us to have we can be so distracted rushed and preoccupied that we settle for a mediocre version of ourselves we skim our lives rather than actually living it every day is a chance every hour is an opportunity every minute is a precious gift so we must use best use of it so this morning for a very short time i want to try and help you manage your time is that okay who needs help managing their time obviously in lockdown at the moment you probably don't but when we get back to normality whatever that looks like let's try and manage our time and never waste it you can apply this to a task you can apply this to kind of a season of your life in fact you can apply this to your whole life so i pray this morning you will get something from what i have to say to you and what i'm going to look at this morning when it comes to time management is three things purpose priorities and planning let me show you an example after Moses had fled Egypt and escaped Pharaoh, a few chapters on, he's sitting with his father-in-law Jethro and he's giving him all the story of kind of what went on and telling him, you know, all about kind of escaping Egypt, the plagues and the sea and all of that. And he was kind of letting, bringing Jethro up to speed, if you like. 
Then it says that Jethro, a little kind of later on, was watching how Moses was judging the disputes of the people that they had with each other. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. So it's found in Exodus 18, starting at verse 17. And he says this. What you're doing is not good, Moses' father-in-law said to him. I think if my father-in-law had come to me, I probably would have smacked him one. But anyway, he says, what you're doing is not good, Moses' father-in-law said to him. You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who you are with, because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you some advice and God be with you. Here comes the purpose. You be the one to represent the people before God and bring their cases to him. Instruct them about the statutes and laws and teach them the way to live and what they must do. That's the priority. But you should select from all the people able men. God-fearing, trustworthy and hating bribes. Place them over the people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. That was the plan. Can you see? The purpose was that he was the one to represent the people before God and bring their cases to him. The priorities was to instruct them and teach them in the way they should live. And then the plan was to get other respectable people to be the commanders over them so that Moses wasn't doing it all by himself. So the first part of it is purpose. Ever thought about what your purpose in life is? Some of us live our entire lives trying to figure out why we are on this planet. What is the purpose of our existence? You see, waking up feeling purposeless is increasingly frustrating. You look around and you see your friends and co-workers living passionate, engaged, meaningful lives. They seemingly have deep relationships, rewarding jobs and a sense of direction and it gets them out of bed every morning and they have a skip in their step. When you know your purpose in life, you tend to live a more meaningful existence than those that don't. You tend to live every day for to the fullest because you know who you are, you know where you're from and you know where you're going. You see, when the breakfast cereal shredded wheat was first produced, some people thought that its purpose was more like a Brillo pad for scrubbing saucepans. They complained that it was of no use because obviously if you've ever tried to use a shredded wheat to clean your saucepans, not that you would because that would be really weird, but if you did, you would know that it would obviously break up immediately. You see, these people, as you're probably thinking as dull as they are, but these people misunderstood its purpose and as a result, they weren't getting the best from their shredded wheat. You see, until we know the purpose of our lives, we will not get the best out of them. Whether you believe in God or not, I want to tell you this morning that God has a specific purpose for you. It might be to be a great businessman. It might be to be a great teacher. It might be to be the best Tesco cashier there is. It might be to be the most encouraging man on the planet. But I can tell you what it definitely is. Your purpose is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. In other words, with everything. That is the purpose that we are on this planet. 
So how do you find your purpose? You see, God is gifted everyone. There's not one person on this planet that doesn't have a natural talent. The singing voice you have, that's from God. The ability to communicate, that's from God too. Your ability to make friends easily, <laughs> yeah, God's given you that as well. Maybe you're a math whiz, you might be a wise counsellor, maybe you have a mind for electronics, maybe you're great at organising people or just getting things done. As well as that, one thing that uh, also will help you with your purpose is what are you passionate at? Is it business? Is it art? Is it helping people? Is it uh, economics? Leaving poverty? Whatever it is. If money wasn't an issue, what would you like to do? You see, God's purpose for you will involve your natural talents that are God-given, but they'll also include your passions as well. And if you're still struggling, why not ask? You see, Proverbs 11 says this, Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. In other words, God also uses other people to help steer you in the purpose that he has for you. But a caveat here, the others, those that you seek counsel from, those that you seek advice from, should be those that obviously have your back and want the best for you. So choose your advisors wisely. What you need to understand is that the specific purpose God has for you was created for you before even the world was created. And when you realise that, then you put Proverbs 3 into action, which says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one that keeps you on track. So if you need, first of all, to find your God-given purpose. Once you find your God-given purpose, you can then set your second point, which is priorities. Priority just means knowing which things are more important and which things are not. Setting priority is just a series of choices and every yes is a thousand no's. There's not enough time to do everything, so you have to choose what is important. You see, you might have said yes to building a business, but it has cost, it, your, cost your marriage. You might have said yes and got your kids to Oxford University, but you didn't teach him to respect others. You might have said yes and got letters after your name, but you didn't realise that intelligence and wisdom are two different things. You might have said yes and made loads of money, but you're not rich in other things, which incidentally aren't things at all. Priorities. It's like the father who loves golf, but he puts his clubs away for a few years and says, when my child is old enough to play golf with me, I'll start again. But right now, I can see spending most of my Saturdays away from my family will be wrong. That's a statement about priorities. Stephen Covey, if you read the book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uses the analogy of rocks, pebbles and sand in a jar. You see, if we fill the jar with sand, our less important activities, there's no room for the rocks, which are the most important tasks. 
But if we start with the big rocks, we will find room for the medium-sized pebbles and then the sand can be poured in on top, which fills all the gaps. Are you finding it hard to prioritise? You see, when you've realised what your purpose is and you've realised that the purpose is not your purpose, but God's purpose for you, then your priorities would be more easily aligned. Matthew 6 says it clearly, but more than anything else, I'll say that again, more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then all the other things will be yours as well. So once your purpose and your priorities are settled, then you're ready to plan. You've heard all the phases, haven't you? He who fails to plan, plans to fail. Even God planned. You know, from the very beginning, he created this world. He had a plan. He had a plan for day and he had a plan for night. He had a plan for heaven. He had a plan for the earth, the land, the sea, the sun, the moon and stars, fish, animals and human. He had a plan. Luke 14 tells us this, for which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't sit down and calculate the cost first to see if you can you have enough to complete it. In other words, you don't do anything really without a plan. You see, plans help us focus, they give us direction, they help with decision making, they help us manage distractions and they help us stay on track and actually help us achieve the purpose. Let me give you an example. As some of you may know, um, Fionn plays football for a career. Now, that is something that she has always wanted to do since she was five years old and we took her to play football in Saron Juniors. Now, we believe that that is a God-given purpose for her life, to be salt and light in the, the uh, football community. So because she knows her purpose to be a footballer, her priorities have always been aligned with that purpose. So she has always, uh, her priority is always to be a better footballer, to get that next stage, to move from uh, local to county, from county to international. And within that then, there's be always been a plan. Which, which trial do we need to go to? What's the next stage? What do I need to do to get better? So a couple of years ago when um, Fionn was playing for Wales against Northern Ireland and she tore her ACL in her knee. Now for anybody who's medical they'll know what that is but for those of us that aren't it is the worst injury that a footballer can have. It involves the knee and involves a lot of rehab if at all you'll get back to football. Now her purpose hadn't changed. God still had purposed her to be a football, but this seemed to be a massive um, barrier, a massive problem to her purpose. But what did she do? She just had to change her priorities to suit the circumstances. And what I mean by that is instead of now becoming a better footballer, she was now at a stage where she had to get back to even playing football. So the priority now had changed. The plans had to change. So now we had to plan from being in hospital to being able to put uh, weight on the knee. She then had to go from putting weight on the knee to walking, 
from walking to jogging, from jogging to running, from running to playing with the ball, from playing with the ball to tackling, until in the end, nine months later, she stood on that pitch with the Welsh team playing against England. And what a game to come back to football. You see, when you have a purpose, you have your priorities, you have your plans, it doesn't matter when distractions come, you are able to pivot. So what initially was a year out and potentially could have stopped it in her tracks and potentially been the end to a promising career became a year of tremendous growth, physically and mentally. Why? Because when you know your purpose and you align your priorities and you plan, it equals achievement. You know, as a side note about distractions, one of the biggest distractions for your purpose, do you know what it is? It's you. Your mind is very powerful. And if, like most people, you probably spend very little time actually thinking about what you're thinking. But the way you think about yourself becomes your reality. You draw inaccurate conclusions about yourself, about who you are, about what you're capable of doing, and you limit your potential. Proverbs 23 says this, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. Why is it when God, our creator, says we can, we think we can't? When God says we are strong, we say, no, we are weak. When God says you're chosen, we say, I think you must be mistaken. And when God says you're capable, we say, you've got the wrong guy. You see, as years go on, we label ourselves or even allow other people to label us. And these labels placed over our lives become sewn into the very fabric of our being. They become part of us, part of our vocabulary, they become part of our very being and they're rarely ever true. You see, if you think you're a failure, you will feel like a failure, you will act like a failure. This reinforces your behaviour as a failure and you will probably fail. That is why the Bible is so firm about guarding your heart and your mind. Proverbs 4, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So back to the point of purpose, priorities and planning. You know, Hezekiah in the Bible knew what his purpose was. He was a king and he was a very good king. And we join him here on 2 Kings chapter 18 where he um, reflects on what he spends his time on and it is a great lesson for us. It says this, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. There was never any other king like him in the land of Judah, either before or after his time. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. So the Lord was with him and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. Let's look at what he spent his time on. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He trusted in the Lord. 
he remained faithful to the Lord in everything and he obeyed all the commandments. And as a result, Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. That is a big lesson for us, hey? Let's take a moment, maybe close your eyes, just get away from the distractions. Do you feel you're making good use of your time on the earth so far? Or do you feel that time is slipping away and you're just not getting it right? Are you living, the, living your God purpose life or are you trying to live your purpose life? Are you trusting God in everything or are you trying to work it all out by yourself? We are all too aware that our time here on earth is so fragile. We all know that in one phone call our world can be turned upside down. One negative test result. One idiotic driver. Death is no respecter of gender, nationality, status or even age. We maybe look forward to a bright future but none of us are promised tomorrow. James 4 reminds us, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here for a little while and then it's gone. So we don't have time to waste. Ephesians 5 tells us this. Do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness. See that you walk carefully, living life with honour, purpose and courage. Be wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time on earth, recognising and taking advantage of every opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. Do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and fully grasp what the will of the Lord is. You know, you have one shot at the life that God has given you here on earth. Your choices not only guide your earthly life, but will also determine your life after your death or your eternal life. So don't waste time. Let's pray. God, I pray this morning that all those who maybe don't know what their purpose is, that I pray you will guide them. I pray that, you will, that they will come to you and see themselves as you see them, that they will understand the purpose that you have for their life. God, I thank you this morning for every breath that you grant me. I thank you that before the world created, you had a plan for me. And I pray today that I don't waste the valuable time that you have given me, but that with your help, I will achieve all that you have purposed for me to achieve. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. This message was brought to you from Calon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at calon.church.